0: Hey guys and welcome back to It's Your Life and This Is Mine, the podcast with your host Charlotte Emily Price. Today we're going to be talking about a mental health topic with our guests mainly touching on depression, how that felt for this individual and overcoming those struggles. Hello, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm
0: good, thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, Have you been up to much this week? getting ready for lectures to start nice nice i'm i'm jealous i really miss university life but are you are you enjoying it or not yeah i do really
1: enjoy it so i'm
0: happy here yeah that's good because i think at the time i I I never hated uni, but at some points I was like, oh, I can't wait until I'm finished. But now I'm like, oh, I wish I was back there and learning again. So (laughs) I feel like you're just never happy, are you really, wherever you are in life? Yeah, I am
1: dreading graduating.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's a tricky period because you don't really get much help navigating how to... Obviously, there are some support systems in place for, like, helping you try and find a job. But you're in, like, a weird limbo, like, what do I do next? Like, what can I what's the right thing to do to be successful or whatever, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky period. Yeah. But I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. You'll get through it and then you'll suddenly fall into whatever you like or even if you don't like it, you'll learn something from it and then move to somewhere better. So all will be good. Um, Are you okay to sort of like do a brief introduction about like why you potentially wanted to come on this podcast to speak about what you wanted to speak about?
1: I just really wanted to talk like I'm a bit of a talker and um it was mainly mainly about helping people but kind of a little bit for me as well because growing up I've had all sorts of different issues um like some mental health related some not mm-hmm. and I always just felt alone because never really had anyone to talk to about it and then if I have had people to talk to about it they don't relate to it they don't get it so mainly just if someone's listening to this and they can relate to it then hopefully it can help them realize that something's wrong get the help they need Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the way that I did
0: yeah that's lovely have you found that maybe you just felt uncomfortable maybe with like family and friends sort of bringing up a subject like that or yeah well my
1: Family is quite complicated Uh because I come from an Asian background, so mental health growing up and even now it's not really a thing, Uh it's never really been a thing and it's quite funny really because at a time in my life that when I think back to it, I probably was already depressed, I probably was already going through Uh depression. I didn't even know what depression was. I didn't even really know what mental health was. I wish I could point the time in my life where I started to learn a lot more about it, but I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of essentially teach myself because even in school, um, I went to school at a time where it wasn't really talked about. Mm So even then I had to really just teach myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very difficult. I feel like with depression for me, for me, I experienced it later whilst I was at uni. And I'm maybe potentially in sick form as well. So I think there was more of an understanding when I'd grown up. But like, like you said, for you, when no one's talking about it at home, like, because none of my family spoke openly about mental health, really, until I'd grown up and sort of started speaking about it online no one really spoke about it or made me feel comfortable to speak about my feelings, even though they probably would have been understanding, maybe. I don't know. It's quite one of those topics that I feel like some people are either really comfortable or not talking about it. And even if you do want to talk about it, you sort of have this, like, guilt that you're putting, I don't know, maybe, like, negative emotions onto someone, even though that's not true. Like, people will want to support you, but you've just got that sort of feeling.
1: Yeah, especially because I always felt, and even now, sometimes I still feel like the problem child um' I'm the one who goes through all this stuff, and no one just speaks about it so even even now, when I go home, it's one of those weird periods because when I'm at home, I'm constantly wishing and waiting to go back to university because at least at university, I'm by myself. I can do my own routine. I have my I have my own routine and I can do all these all these things that to my family are weird to me that's just how it is. I can do all those things without feeling like I'm being judged. Whereas when I'm here at uni there's some things that I struggle with whereas if I was at home it would be a lot better. So it's like it's not really
0: there's there's no in between. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I sort of get what you mean, because life was very different when I was living on my own at university to when I was at home. There are pros and cons of both situations, I guess. <laughs> um, but m- moving back on to like more of depression as a broad topic, I usually ask my guests, um, well, like I share the definition that comes up on Google and see if you feel like it's an accurate representation for you, or if you feel like it doesn't really cover the topic properly. So when I t- typed in depression, Depression. into Google it came up with depression is more than simply feeling unhappy or fed up for a few days most people go through periods of feeling down but when you're depressed you feel persistently sad for weeks or months rather than just a few days they range from lasting feelings of unhappiness and hopelessness to losing interest in the things you enjoy and, fi- and feeling very tearful Many people with depression also have symptoms of anxiety. There can also be physical symptoms too, such as feeling constantly tired, sleeping badly, having no appetite or sex drive, and various aches and pains. The symptoms of depression range from mild to severe. As, at its mildest, you may simply feel persistently low in spirit, while severe can make you feel suicidal and that life is no longer worth living. Do you feel that that's accurate?
1: Yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah. I'd say, I'd say from the ages of, 13 to around 16, I'd say I was definitely on the severely depressed um, line of things, but the problem was, was when I would go to the doctors, I would always dumb things down, because I knew that, I knew because I was technically class still classed as a minor, because I wasn't 18 yet everything that I would be telling the doctors would then get reported back to my mum. And if it was gonna get reported back to my mum, it would also get reported back to my aunties who are just, they're even worse. Like, and I i was always too afraid of that because of I, I knew what my family were like, I knew what would happen. If I said to them how I was really feeling, I would just never get left alone. They would interrogate my life even more than they already were at the time. And I also never told the doctor the full truth um, because I knew it would get told to my parents, um, to my mum and my aunties, because then I knew I would be sat down and asked all these questions and they would be questions that they wouldn't like the answers to. Uh So, yeah, that was my main... That was my main thing. Like, for me, it did get to a point where I was severely suicidal. And that's another one of the main reasons why still to this day, my mum, my mum knows I I have depression. Um, My aunties don't. But even my mum, she doesn't know how bad things really were. And I've never wanted my family to find out because if they were to ever find out, I know the first question would be why. I would then have to say to my mum, because of you. And I I couldn't do that to her, despite everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very tricky conversation if the people closest to you are involved in why you're feeling a certain way. And especially if you haven't felt like you have that safe space where you can, or you started openly talking from a young age about your feelings and that, I think it builds up and probably makes you a little bit more closed off to speak to them about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, especially since, for me, since my nan died, because my nan died when I was eight. She was the person that I was the closest to. I'd tell her absolutely everything. Um, and then when she died, I started to become closed off. And I'm still like that to this day. So I'd say my nan's death probably did... I wouldn't say it was a trigger to my depression, but it definitely has helped shape me who I am now in some of the negative ways in terms of when I was younger, I used to be, I mean, I've always been quite shy and quiet and I was even when my Nan was alive, but I was still much more open. I would talk a lot more. And then I just, I went from 100 to zero when she died. And then as I got older, relationships and dynamics changed in my family. And then now I just don't really talk to my family at
0: all. Going back, when did you feel that you started, like, recognising these signs of depression? Because if you said, like, your family didn't talk about it and you didn't even know the word depression sort of existed, obviously, from a young age. When was the sort of time you were like, oh, shit, I think this could be depression and I might need to get some help for this?
1: I'd say... I'd say the moments leading up to my first attempt, like, yeah, that was that was definitely a, a, a big moment. Like, even before then, I always knew that there was something wrong with me because I would think to myself, the way that I'm feeling, this is not normal for a teenager. Like, my friends aren't like this. Why am I like this? Like, I knew how I was feeling wasn't normal, but I didn't know what it was. And then when it came to that day, um, I think especially as well, I was only 15 at the time, so I hadn't even started year 11 yet and all I had all this going on. And then when that happened and I obviously decided I couldn't, it I thought that's when I just kind of came back into my room like just sobbing and crying thinking what is actually there is something seriously wrong with me and I knew I needed at that it was at that moment where I knew I needed proper help okay. I just didn't know how to get it because I was only 15 at the time so again it was that fear of the doctors because I was a minor it would get reported back to my mum and I didn't
0: want anybody to know it. It's so sad. I bet there's no system in place. I bet they just have to tell, like, a parent or whoever you're living with. Like, it's so frustrating that it couldn't be someone else in your life that might have understood you more or been more supportive towards you when it comes to mental health. So after, you said, after your first attempt, did anything, like, die down a bit or did you do anything for yourself to sort of... Monitor that
1: well, this is actually a, kind of another reason why I wanted to come on here because I've never really heard people talk about my kind of attempt where I didn't necessarily do anything like it was i I hadn't planned it at all. It was like I can still picture it so vividly, it's always been so vivid in my head that moment um I it was, it was in the morning and I just had an argument with my mum and I just kind of started pacing up and down in my room and I, I I wasn't thinking, like, in that moment I wasn't thinking. All I knew is that I just wanted to go to the bathroom. I didn't really have any plans for what to do next um, and mm. until I just kind of started doing what I was going to do and then I didn't even actually do it. Like, when I... That's the thing that I struggle to explain to people. When I say that I have had failed attempts, I mean they were attempts that I didn't even attempt because I literally couldn't do it. Like I was just—I just remember standing there, staring at the water, and then I just looked at myself in the mirror, and I just never felt so ugly in my life. Um, and in that moment, what kind of. Well, it did save my life. What saved my life was my friends, because all I could picture, even though it was the summer holidays, in my head, I was just picturing the next day my friends going into school all happy and normal, and then they hear that I've died, and then they're all just in a circle, crying, huddling together, and I thought, I can't do that to my friends. And i know it's not i know i didn't decide to carry on with life for the right reasons but in that moment i just kind of thought right i can't do that to my friends i'm just going to carry on and be miserable and i obviously know now that was wrong because that was putting a huge amount of pressure on my friends to -hmm. make me happy and i was doing it all for the wrong reasons but in that time in that time of my life that's the way my brain was thinking. That's how bad my depression was. Obviously, eventually, as I got older, I realised I wanted to get help for me, not because of my friends. I didn't want to have my friends to have that on their shoulders anymore.
0: Yeah, as well. And I feel like when you're 15, for example, your schooling life and your friends are, like, one of the biggest parts of your life. So I can sort of see why you did that. Like, it makes a lot of sense at the time um and it and it pulled you out of that place for even a moment so I guess that is a, a good thing even though you are saying obviously it's not the right reasons like you want to live life for you and prioritizing you but I guess that it, it it worked at that time which is great um did you have any support at like I guess I guess it's the same situation did you ever have like school counts school counsellors or student well-being at school because I guess it's the same situation right as the doctors that you're saying that they would probably report any cases to your parents
1: yeah uh, there was kind of a moment with that so and since the friends that I had in school I'm now only friends with one of them that's my best friend I remember I didn't really want to tell my friends I it took me ages. It took me months to feel ready to build up the courage to tell my friends what I had done, especially, especially after I I did, I did attempt again, uh, like a week before my sixteenth birthday, and I was I, I was just kind of like, how do I tell my friends? I didn't know how. Um, that was really hard. Eventually, I did obviously tell them, and. My best friend especially, she didn't take it very well and she's even said to me, and I don't mind it because obviously now I'm in a better place and I completely understand why she would have felt like that, but she has since said that she uh, she kind of hated me for a bit and she didn't understand why I felt like that and how I could do that and it was actually my best friend the main reason why I couldn't go through with it because I knew Even if I was to have had left a note and said, don't blame yourself because it's not you, because it wasn't, it had nothing to do with my friends at all. It was all my family, um, especially my mum. But I knew she would have blamed herself. And again, I didn't want them to have that on their shoulders. In terms of counselling, I did start seeing, I did start seeing my school counsellor because I went, into, um, I went into my new school at the time that my mum and dad had split up, and they were going through a really messy um, divorce, and so I had meetings to get counselling, and this was actually my first time ever getting counselling as well, so it was a whole new experience for me, and I, I, I loved my counsellor, I did, but... There was a moment where i I had written in a notebook because it was my first time doing counseling. I really struggled to talk at first. So as a because i'm I'm a bit of a writer, so I find it a lot easier to write things down. So we started up a thing between us where I would write in a note, I would write something down in a notebook. And then when I would come into school for our counselling session, I would hand her the book, she would read it, and then we would kind of go from there. There was a moment where I wrote about um bullying that I went through in year eight and how that made me um that was like kind of like the first time I started to feel a bit suicidal. Although it wasn't as intense when I, you know, became more of a teenager. And I had said in there, because at the time, this was before my attempts, that at the time I thought I would never, ever, ever be that person. I thought I would never, ever get there. So I wrote that in the book because I knew writing it, she was probably going to tell someone. So I if I, I thought if I put in there, I'll never, ever do it though, then she won't take it seriously. Uh-huh. Um, when I went back to my lesson after the session ended, Um, there was someone from reception that came to collect to me to say that my auntie had come to pick me up from school and I knew straight away she had called my mum. My mum had then called my auntie to come and pick me up from school. My auntie then made me give her my private book that was between just me and my counsellor and she read it all and in that, I may, I mainly just talked about how I hated my mum,
0: and that was her yeah, sister. How was that for you? Like, did she have a go at you?
1: Yeah, she... Because that's her sister at the end of the day, but the thing that's always frustrated me, I completely understand it. I mean, yeah, that's her sister, but then that's my mum. And what's even more frustrating is the fact that she's obviously going to see her as a sister, uh-huh. but she doesn't know what she is like as a, as a mum. She's yeah. not the one that has been living in that, that, has was living in that house at that time. She's not the one who grew up with her as a mum. And a mum and a sister are two completely different things. And as a mum, like, she's, I wouldn't say she was a terrible mum. It's just the problem with my mum is she thinks because because she does all my washing she like cooks dinner for me she provides a roof over my head that's enough but to me that's just that's just basic for a parent what she doesn't do is she doesn't ask about my day she she's never ever asked about my day throughout school she's never asked how i'm feeling or when something happens she doesn't properly check in on me um like the other day for example it was the first anniversary since my dad died and my mum called me after she had finished work and she was just kind of saying are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine which I was I genuinely was fine but she didn't really ask those follow-up questions you would expect a parent to do and Uh She's just, when it comes to mental health, my mum's just not good at it at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think it, well, it it must be right because of how she was brought up and then being very emotionally unavailable or fragile, I guess. It's like, she was never taught to speak about her feelings and how she thought and stuff. So that's why she doesn't ask you because of, she doesn't think that that's a problem when it actually obviously is and that's been a problem for years and years and generations and generations and it's only now coming to light that it's way better to communicate and speak through these things
1: yeah i think that's definitely gonna be a big reason for my mum especially coming from the asian background it's not really talked about now in asian background it's definitely a lot more than what it used to be but considering it's it's not talked about enough now in 2022 when my mum was, like, my mum was alive and was brought up in a world where there was arranged marriages. So she had an arranged marriage to um, my dad. Like, I'm 23, and when my mum was my age, she was already married. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's just crazy to me. And I, obviously, I can't really speak for my nan and my granddad because I don't know if it's because... They say how it's said about how parents are different when it's your grandchildren. Because with me, my nan was always the best. The first thing I would do after school was always run to my nan, tell her about my day. And I would tell her everything, even if it was just someone was mean to me today. I would tell her everything, and she was really good with that stuff. My granddad I'm not really sure on because... I don't really speak to my granddad um, and he doesn't really speak either like in the 15 years that my nan's been gone he's never really talked about my nan which for me is a real shame because I would love to hear stories about my nan coming from my granddad considering he was married to her for like 20 plus years but talking is just not really a thing in my family at Mm -hmm. all. Uh
0: Yeah that's that's so interesting I think that probably is part of the reason I guess that your mum like you said doesn't ask you those sort of questions it's really crazy when you think about like how someone else is brought up is why you're brought up that same way and it sort of goes down those generations because that's all they ever know and everything that's right it's very interesting very interesting so When you finally started getting your help and your answers, uh, I know you mentioned to me that you went to therapy um, or had therapy, should I say. Um, Did you, was that like your first port of call? Because you said you didn't really talk about these issues. I didn't know if you would steer more towards like medication and think that that was better than the talking therapies.
1: Yeah, well, for me, I started off, for me personally, I find counselling and therapy to be two completely different things. So when I first started getting help, I started off with my school counsellor and she was really, really good at the time being. However, because it was my first time doing counselling, sometimes it's hard to imagine that there was once a version of me that hated the idea of talking because I spent... I remember I spent my first count ever counselling session with my school counsellor. I sp- I just spent the whole time basically crying because I didn't want to talk because I was in the mindset of, oh, how is talking to a stranger supposed to work? How the hell is this supposed to work? This woman has no idea about my life. And But then it came to a point where we would run over sessions sometimes because I didn't want to stop talking. So talking and therapy definitely became a big part. The first time I did proper therapy, though, it wasn't until I was... 19 and I actually for my first time doing therapy I did group therapy because just because at that time in my life I think I needed group therapy normally normally I've always been like it has to be just me and the other person it has to be one-on-one but at that time in my life i think i was ready and i needed to meet other people like me and it really did help and my favorite part of it all was the fact that when i walked in we were all of different ages and backgrounds yet we were all there for the same reason so although we've all had we all had a completely different life we were all there for the same reason and what made me even more happy is that there was actually another um, Indian lady there and she was elderly as well. That made me really shocked and happy, the fact that an elderly person was there because considering the stereotypes of generations, it was a real, it it really helped me having her there Uh to be like, she gets it and look how old she is and she's here in therapy. Like, that was just for coming from the background that I come from that's like kind of that was a huge triumph for me the fact that I was there the young generation she was there the older generation we were there together
0: mm-hmm. that is such a nice way and way of thinking about it like seeing everyone there and being like oh we're all here for like the same reason well not the same reason but overall because i think a lot of people would shy like i would shy away from group therapy because i'd be like oh i don't want to speak about my problems in front of everyone and i'd be like too nervous or scared um but i think that is a very clever way of thinking about it and it, it clearly really helped you in those first moments of getting that help because you saw that you weren't alone because you hadn't really spoken to anyone or knew you thought you were not normal because of how you were feeling and you didn't see anyone else like it so that would have been a, a an amazing feeling for you
1: yeah, I know it's such a cliche, but the first time I walked into that group and I saw everyone, my first that my first thought was, "Wow, I'm really not alone." Like, I know it's such a cliche, but that is exactly why I wanted to go to group therapy because I thought, "I'm I'm I'm at a point in my life where I need to meet other people that get it," because mm-hmm. whilst I love talking to my friends. And I love. I I really appreciate um their support, but thankfully, obviously, I'm thankful that they don't understand it, um, and they don't get it. But where I was at that point in my life, I needed. I needed someone who got it, and that's what the group therapy
0: was for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so lovely. I'm gonna sort of go in with the pot I put some polls up on my on the Instagram account to just speak again like share that a lot of people are going through depression for loads of different reasons and I think that is something that sort of ties in well with what we've been speaking about because I think a lot of people who do experience depression feel like they're alone or even if they know other know of depression and know other people that have depression they feel alone in their situation because no one else that they know has gone through what they've gone through so we've got a lot of different answers on here from why, why people have had depression in their past. So we've got extreme bullying at school and a horrendous physical health, pressure of life, chronic illness, bereavement, body image issues, low self-esteem, feeling lonely and lost in life, bad relationships and subsequent divorce... Um, becoming codependent having anxious attachment with someone so just there like I don't want to read all of them but just there there's just such an array of different things that could lead to someone feeling depressed on whether that's a mild case or a severe case.
1: Yeah I can definitely r- relate to a couple of those especially the divorce one because that is that is essentially what's triggered my depression and what made it go from bad to worse and although I still have depression now and obviously my mum and dad divorced 11 years ago now so obviously that's a chapter of my life that's done and dusted but the depression is still here to stay um but it's just for different reasons now but that is what started it off in the first place and with the body confidence issues as well yeah I've I've had that in the past. I still kind of struggle with it now, um but I've got a lot better since since from being a teenager, but yeah, it's just it's just for me it's just a bit crazy the fact that depression is one of the most common mental health illnesses. Yeah, it's still not really
0: represented. Mhm. I know, and literally, I've just looked at the one of the other polls, and eighty-two percent of people have said yes, they've experienced depression or are currently depressed, which is absolutely like crazy numbers. And fifteen percent of the other side of it, have thought, I think so, but I'm not, I'm not sure. So that's like a huge, almost ninety percent of people that have, have experienced it or want it. And then, even worse, when I've put that, do you feel supported about your mental well being, or do you feel and do you feel unsafe worried embarrassed literally all of the answers are like no I didn't feel supported my school were awful they encouraged the bullies my GP was absolutely useless I've never felt there's like there's enough support or I don't have a, enough money to pay for private and all this stuff like it's all negative which is so crazy yeah
1: the, I think the GP one especially I I definitely had that as well like I didn't I, I know they say that you shouldn't self-diagnose, but it got to a point where I was in college now, and whilst I had come out of the other side of like I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily suicidal anymore, but I was still just very low and sad. And at this point, I just kind of had to diagnose myself and be like, right, I know I've got depression, now I need a proper diagnosis, and because I knew in order to get proper help, I would need that doctor diagnosis. But it was just about getting the doctors to listen, so I'd constantly be going to appointments saying, look, can you please give me the test? Can you give me the test? And they would just... I can't remember exactly what they would say to me, but they would essentially just brush me off
0: as being young. Oh, it, it was always for me this, oh, it's the stress of your exams and school. And I'm like, no. Honestly,
1: no. It, was just, it was just a real nightmare. So it took me until I was 19 to actually get the doctors to be like, right, you are on the mild side of depression um, on the medium um, level. But the thing is, if I had done that test like four years prior, I would have been severely high. And that's just the thing where doctors don't listen. And then to make it even worse... When I came to university and I switched over to the doctors here at my university, um, it turned out when I had to get a, I had to get a note from my doctors about my depression so I could get help the well from the wellbeing centre here at university. And in that letter I found out that my doctor at the time when I was thirteen, when I was twelve, thirteen and I was first going to my doctors telling her how sad I was feeling, she had actually put on my doctor's record that um, I was showing signs of anxiety and depression when I was 13, and I never even knew, because no, even though I wouldn't have wanted my mum to have known, nobody even told my mum, not even my mum knew, and to me that's just kind of crazy, especially being at that age. I was way below a minor who was showing signs of depression and didn't the doctors didn't really think to tell the patient, me, the patient, that, not even
0: my mum. Well, I wonder if that was again, cause it was so taboo and they didn't want to speak about, but then it's, it's a doctor's surgery. Like they should be telling you everything really that they're noticing or acknowledging from you. That's so weird.
1: Yeah. And it just really frustrates me as well because if I had known that from the start, then I would have known what was wrong with me uh-huh. from the start. And I would have got that support from school from the start rather than having to get it myself.
0: Yeah what I was going to say is like how are you feeling now like do you feel like you currently at this point in your life feel like you either have the support or you're in like a better headspace where you don't feel like you need like constant therapy or like how are you feeling at the minute?
1: Yeah well I've kind of gone through like different depression episodes in my life and I feel really lucky and grateful to be able to say that the last depression episode i went through was in 2019 and that was when i first came to university i essentially had a lot going on that year and even before i came to university i was already in a dark place so it all kind of really started with my 20th birthday and um, that was essentially it was just a huge disaster with my friends and I was sad and in tears by the end of the night. It was awful, and then it kind of got from bad to worse there um my friend in may my there was a bit of a there was a bit of a situation that happened between me and my group of friends that essentially made it go down from the four of us to just me and my best friend like she's still friends with them, which I'm fine with um because I don't really like to be that kind of person to tell someone what to do with their life as long as she's happy. That's all I care about, but mm-hmm. it is kind of that situation one of those situations where she's now my only school friend, which is fine and then essentially in the in those months between May to September, it was the same situation with my mum which was making triggering my depression again. I went to universe I came to university, and it went from bad to worse because I was all by myself wow. and it did get to it did get to a point where I was starting to feel suicidal again and that scared me what really scared me is the fact that I was starting to feel nothing again and the last time I felt nothing was right before I tried to end my life so that was when I got support straight away and since then I haven't had another depression episode. I still have things going on in my life. I have other mental health conditions. But I'm really grateful to say that I'm in a place where I I am actually happy and for the first time in about 50, for the first time on about fifteen years since my nan died, I am actually generally happy and yeah it still feels weird to say that even though it's been mm-hmm. even though it's been 3 years since I had my last depression episode I've been just trying to enjoy the happiness whilst it's here um, yeah. so whilst the happiness is here I'm trying to just take it day by day because the thing that scares me the most about depression is I know it can take with me, well, I I don't know about anyone else, but I know with me especially, it could take the tiniest thing, like it could take the most insignificant thing or the tiniest, littlest comment, and that's it. I'm going, I'm going down the hole again. So I'm trying to just enjoy it whilst it lasts.
0: You have to, because you never know what the le- the next day is going to bring yeah. you. So it's it's nice that you're like appreciating those moments of happiness as well. Is there anything that you maybe learn in one of your therapy sessions, even if it was just about yourself or like a bit of advice that you've been given or sort of come to an epiphany that you think could possibly help someone out there?
1: Don't remember any specifics from like any of my therapy sessions, but I think what I appreciate about the therapy sessions that I have had is the fact that I still struggle with it now But I do need to give myself more credit because every therapist I've ever spoken to has always said um, about how they admire how strong I am and um, how determined I am. And I'm just kind of sat there thinking, well, because I can't really take a compliment. I don't really like it. I don't really like to think of myself as a, a strong, determined person, even though I know I am actually Mm -hmm. saying it or hearing someone say that about me and a bit like oh no Um, so I do think I am getting there slowly but just basically just trying to accept the compliment and I've I've learned that I need to give myself a lot more credit than I give myself
0: yeah, that's a nice message to send out because I feel like a lot of people just see it as like a big negative side to them. What, which obviously it is it does take up a massive negative space in your head when you have depression. It's nice to see the strengths that come through that. E.g., you're strong, you're resilient, you have gone through a lot, and you won't probably take a lot of shit in the future. Like, I mean, things like that that can help change your mindset into a more positive one. Like, even can even that just something as small as that can help you into recovery and healing um so before we go I've got a question from my previous guest for you um and it is if you could go back and tell your younger self one aspect about your life right now what would it be that's it kind of weirdly ties in with what we've been talking about in a way (laughs) I think probably
1: where I am right now at university because At that moment of time when I was 14, 15 and things were getting like really, really bad and I was starting to feel really like worthless and I didn't know what life was anymore. I feel like definitely, especially during that time, my biggest thing, which also kind of led up to why I I tried to do what I did um, was because I couldn't stand the thought of living with my mum. And when I would think about university, I would think, oh, yeah, but that's still, like, four years away. And then I didn't even end up going to university when I was 18, so it's actually even longer. Um, so, But at that time, I was in the mindset of 18, so I was like, that's still four years away. That's four years of being miserable. And, yeah, it just got to a, p- a point in my life where... It didn't really seem like university was ever going to be a thing, and all I had ever wanted since the age of like seven, I knew I wanted to go to university. So the fact that I'm sat here two, well, two yeah, two years away from graduation, I don't think 15-year-old me could have ever seen that actually happening.
0: Yeah, that's such a lovely answer. I'm so, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Is there a question that we can you can set for the next guest? It can literally be anything. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be really lighthearted and chill.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, um, if you have any tattoos, wash your most meaningful one? And then if you don't, um, what would you get and why?
0: Oh, I like that. That's such a cool question. Thank you very much. And also thank you very much for sharing your story and everything. I f- really appreciate it yeah thank you thank you is there anything else you want to shout out or any obviously i'll leave any charities and helplines down below if anyone's really struggling right now so you can go get help or seek help but yeah if there's anything
1: with the talk of like my background and the stereotypes well, that comes with that uh the last few years i have been following um a page on instagram called seek your mind and it's specifically for um it is it can be for everyone but it's it's there for the support and they share the taboos of, you know, Asian backgrounds and immigrant parents and, you know, not being able to talk and yeah, that's just something that I've been following for the last few years and just helps me realise there's other people out there like me who mm-hmm. are also going through these struggles
0: yeah i'll leave that down below in the podcast description too in case anyone else needs some help right now and support in that way um and yeah thank you again and i will see you next week for a brand new episode bye